You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome to episode 230 of the Sports Jack podcast. That would be the Rob Deer episode. Rob Deer? Rob Deer, former slugger for the Milwaukee Brewers, hit 230 home runs in his big league career. Rob Deere had a tendency to be one of these feast or famine players before it became, you know, the way of life in 2020 baseball. He either hit a home run or he struck out. So not a great hitter for average, but could hit some prodigious blasts. He's Rob Deere. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! You know, we've got archives. I mentioned earlier the 230th episode. If you go back to episode 129, exactly... One year ago today, August the 19th, 2019, you can hear Chuck, his soliloquy, if you will, on his baseball program from his first ever Cubs game in 1970. So now 50 years ago today, my first Cubs game, grandstand, first base side at Wrigley Field. It's kind of fun. Chuck walks through the, uh, the menu items at the concession stand. I think uh, Mom and Pop's freebie spent a buck eighty-five to make sure you were taken care of. That's episode one twenty-nine. One twenty-nine. The Bob Perky episode. Bob Perky. You can find that on Spotify and Apple and whatnot. Yesterday, I saw it unfold with my own eyes. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, oh, to have some sort of video of I, I gotta take this call. Well, uh, I had uh, sources to talk to yesterday. The story broke for us right around 7.45 in the morning, and I probably could have run with it at the 7.50 sportscast, but I wanted to get a little bit more confirmation and background info on the fact that Andre Owens is no longer the basketball coach at Riley High School a job that has literally been a revolving door 
for the last five years. Owens went 12-11 and 11 last year. He's former Riley star. A lot of people thought, okay, here you've got this, this Riley grad coming back to alma mater. Take the program. They've got a D1 recruit in Blake Wesley. They're going to be able to take off. Didn't work out that way last year. They struggled to barely finishing above 500. Were blown out by Culver Academy in the sectional. And Andre Owens does not return as the Riley head coach. Now, he said in the South Bend Tribune today that he stepped down for personal reasons. You can take that if you will. But the fact of the matter remains, the Cats are now looking for their fifth head coach in the last five years. And at this stage of the game, this late school is starting, has started in many places. One wonders who or what they will be able to find to coach this team if the season starts on time in November with practices starting in October. Do we get into the weeds on what you've heard on why this might not have worked out, or do we just say they're looking for a new coach? I'll get into the weeds a little bit with the background on the story. The background on the story goes all the way back to the coach that they had for quite some time at Riley High School, a fellow by the name of Mark Johnson. And Mark Johnson, uh, well-respected in the area, loved by his players, uh, was getting heat, he says, from a current South Bend School Board member, Leslie Wesley, about having her older son, not Blake, but her older son on the team. And Mark was of the understanding that he chooses the players on the team. The principal at Riley at the time told him, no, you need to have this player on the team. Uh, Mark said, if you're going to be the one picking the players, then I'm not going to be the head coach. And he resigned at the end of the season and then sued the South Bend Community Schools. And I believe that lawsuit is still in litigation. Then Eric Brand came in. Eric Brand is a former Bethel player, had been a graduate assistant at Baylor under Scott Drew, had a lot of experience, had a very good season with Riley when Demise Anderson was playing there. But Eric had some personal troubles. Um, he, I believe, wound up being separated from his wife while he was up here, wanted to move back down to Bloomington, which is where his hometown is, where he would have more help with his children. And so that's what he did. They replaced him with Jared Drake. Jared Drake is the son of Leonard Drake, terrific player at Brandywine. Jared uh, came in here for a year and left to take a college position. And so then Andre Owens, who was already working in the South Bend Community Schools, although I'm not sure that he has a teaching license, uh, he was working in the schools, was hired as an interim coach, uh, much like uh, Coach Varga, over at Washington for a year was hired as an interim coach. Varga was then kept and made the permanent head coach. Andre Owens was not. Why Andre Owens was not kept, he says it's personal reasons that he stepped down. There are other people that say other things. 
because I'm not certain of what is what, I'm not going to get deep into the weeds on that. But you get the background of how this has all unfolded. And it's unfortunate because Riley has had some talented players there. They have a talented player there in Blake Wesley. There is no question in my mind that Blake Wesley is a Division I basketball player. However, it's got to be very difficult for his development as a player when you don't have the same coach more than one year in a row. Follow-up question. Let's say you are a positive, powerful force, South Bend Community Schools. What would you do in this situation if you had to make some choices for Riley basketball? If it were me right now for Riley basketball, and, and I think C.B. Gavin, the athletic director at Riley, basically said as much of this in the paper today, he's not looking for a quick fix. He would still like to bring in somebody that's going to develop relationships and build the program. You've got to be able in the South Bend schools to get into the feeder programs and make connections because the problem is there's open enrollment. So just because a young person goes to Marshall Elementary School or Jackson Middle School doesn't mean necessarily that they have to go to Riley High School. They can go to any of the South Bend high schools they want to. So, in essence, I, I know people kind of raise an eyebrow when they hear recruiting in high school sports, but if you've got this open enrollment plan within your system, you have no choice but to go out and recruit. So they've got to find somebody with the energy and the time to do that and go into the feeder programs and build things up. Because the other problem you have, quite frankly, is because different systems are being taught in different schools, it's not like uh, over at Penn, for example. Let's use that for an example. Al Rhodes can go into the feeder schools, Grissom, Schmucker, Discovery, and say, this is what I want you to work on to groom the players to come to the high school level. They can do this in Elkhart now, too. Kyle Sears can go to Northside, Pierre Moran, and Westside and say, this is what we want you to run so that when players get here as freshmen, they're ready to go. You can't do that in South Bend. So you have to make connections however you can. They need somebody that's going to invest in the young people here and be here for a while. Who that person is, I don't know, but I don't see anything wrong with maybe going with a younger person and giving them a chance right now because I don't think you've got time to go to the outside and find someone. Feeder programs, what schools are those, Chuck? Well, the, there are a number of middle schools mm -hmm. in South Bend. You've got Edison and Navarre and Jackson okay. and Jefferson and... I mean, they're all over the place. Clay Intermediate Academy up on the north side. So all kinds of middle schools in South Bend, those would be the feeder program. Okay. Let's segue into the NBA playoffs. Every high school player's dream. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, yes. Every, every high school player would love to play in the NBA. And quite frankly, it's been pretty topsy-turvy in the NBA playoffs so far. The team that most people around here would call their home team right now would be the Pacers since the Bulls are sitting at home. 
And the Pacers got off to a rocky start last night. Victor Oladipo had finally returned to the lineup. T.J. Warren had been spectacular in the playoffs because you can't just guard T.J. Warren. You have to look out for Oladipo. Well, Oladipo gets an eye injury about nine minutes into the game last night, does not return. He's still listed as day-to-day, parenthetically, aren't we all? But, so he's out. That allows the Heat to focus their defense on T.J. Warren. They hold him down. Jimmy Butler and T.J. Warren have this little feud going on anyway, which fuels Jimmy Butler, and he gets 28 points last night. And the Heat win game one of the series, 113-102. to So we'll see what kind of adjustments Nate McMillan makes and whether he's got Victor Oladipo ready to come back. But there were some big surprises yesterday in the playoffs. It started off with the first game in the afternoon. By the way, here's the nice thing. If you're an NBA fan, you can watch basketball all day long right now with this bubble setup. So they start the playoff games at like 1.30 in the afternoon, and they just stretch them out throughout the night. So it starts off, Orlando is playing without its best player, Eric Gordon. They're playing the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed in the East. Orlando, the eighth seed, doesn't have its best player. There's something like a 13-point underdog yesterday, and they win going away against the Bucks. The Bucks have not played well since going down to the bubble. I don't know what's going on chemistry-wise, but Giannis has not been Giannis. Uh, Eric Bledsoe not been himself. And this Bucks team has been struggling, and they struggled again yesterday, and they lost by double digits to this Orlando team without Eric Gordon. So there's an upset. Do you think this team's on the struggle, Bucks? Yeah. And uh, then you've got in the night game, and, and people had been worried because Damian Lillard was voted as the MVP of the bubble during the pre-playoff stretch. Well, guess who was playing the Lakers last night? The Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard, and he put on another great performance, and LeBron and company lose game one, 100-93. Charles Barkley, and I love Sir Charles. I love that NBA on TNT show. I think it's just wildly entertaining. And Charles Barkley had said, if the Blazers win game one, they're going to sweep the Lakers. So after the game on the postgame show, there's Charles with a broom in the studio doing some cleanup work. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. However, I think the Blazers are a hot team right now, and nobody's been able to stop Damian Lillard in that bubble. Speaking of LeBron, real quick, uh, do you know that sound, and you've had it in your house, Chuck, when one of the kids comes down the steps really fast. You kind of hear it like a yeah, like a wild boar. I got that last night because LeBron was sporting the new Space Jam jersey and shorts. They've announced that. Ah. They put that on social media. It was very exciting. See, you live a different life of watching the NBA than I do. First of all, you watch it. Um, <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, there's that. Secondly... You have a middle schooler, mm-hmm. and they watch basketball far differently than many of us do. Yeah. He loves it. He loves it, but in a in an interesting way. Now, when he watches a game, let me ask you this. When he watches a game, do you think he's picking up at all 
on any of the techniques that players are doing now that he's had these these lessons yes. that he's had, mm-hmm. do you think he's watching with a different eye than he did, say, a year ago? A little bit. Yeah. Very much. But at the same time, you know, it's me with no sport knowledge whatsoever saying, hey, discover who you are. Yeah, pick up from the best, but you can't you can't just mimic. Right. You can't necessarily ball, duplicate those moves. The young ball boys. You know, you've you've got to be able to, you know, you gotta get back to the basics and find your like me and radio finding my voice, you've got to find your shot. So we talk about that a lot. <laughs> See, I, I think it would be interesting. We we've got some people around now. DJ Demetrius Jackson just took a uh, a post on a roster over in Lithuania, so he's headed over there. But Devin Kennedy, I think, is still around town. I think it would be interesting to watch a game with him or somebody like Neil Ivy, who sat on an NBA bench. You know what? What would it be like to watch? an NBA game with one of those people yes, just to, because I'm sure they watch it at a completely different level than we do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things probably going on that we have no idea about and reasons for this, reasons yeah. for that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. So we say bye-bye to hockey in the region. The Blackhawks closed out last night by Vegas 4-3. Alex Tuck. Got the game-winning goal about a minute and a half into the third period. Hawks put on a furious rally in the last uh, minute or so of that game, pulling the goalie, empty net, trying to tie it up and send it to overtime. Alas, it doesn't happen, and you just wonder if the the window on the Kane and Taze era is uh, really slamming shut right about now. It's a young Blackhawks team. It's not a team without talent. Dominic Kubelik had a pretty good playoff. Alex Dabrinkit did not. I thought Corey Crawford was outstanding in the playoffs, and we talked about on the last Jack some of the things that he had to overcome. And quite frankly, as Taze said after the game, he goes, if it wasn't for Crawford, uh, this would have been a very ugly sweep. Because if you look at the five-on-five numbers in that, Corey, forget about penalty kills and power plays, but just... When both teams had the regulation number of people on the ice, mm-hmm. Vegas completely dominated the series. They almost doubled the Hawks in scoring opportunities. They had, I think, 120 more shots than the Hawks did in the series. So if you can le- legitimately say if it's not for the play of Crawford in that series, that thing's a blowout. Follow-up question about hockey. If college hockey starts... At its regular time, when is that? Is that soon? Well, it, yes. The, the first game of college hockey has typically been in the first or second week of October. Now, so when you say soon, uh, typically they would open up their practice about mid-September. Mid-September. Okay. Now, I haven't heard. I think Nothing's a lot of been said. I think a lot of people are waiting to see what happens, but it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with college sports and and hockey. Unfortunately, is one that has a big budget that they need because of the equipment and the ice and all of that. And how many schools are going to be willing to go forward and play? 
if you can't put people in the stands. Speaking of not people putting people in the stands, well, we'll get to football a little bit later. So, um, so the Blackhawks are done. The Stanley Cup playoffs will continue for you really big hockey fans out there. Have fun. But quite frankly, once my team is out of the playoffs, I tend to tune out. Yeah, I get that. If the Cubs start losing more, <laughs> I'm done too. Well, that's not been the case the last couple of games. Uh, the Cubs had a four-game losing streak and looked like it would be five on Monday night when David Bodie came up with a key three-run homer to give the Cubs a 5-4 win over St. Louis, and then they looked much more like the way the Cubs had started the year last night. Cubs beat the Cardinals 6-3. Ian Happ and Kyle Schwarber each had home runs. But I thought the big story last night was you Darvish. Cubs had a 1-0 lead, I believe, in the top of the fifth. The Cardinals load the bases with nobody out. And Darvish works out of the jam unscathed. And then the Cubs put three on the board in the fifth. Ah, breathing room, and you can fly the W for the second straight night last night, so they widen their lead over the Cardinals to four and a half in the National League Central. They'll play a doubleheader today at Wrigley, two seven-inning games. The funny thing is, so the doubleheader that they played Monday went four and a half hours for the two games combined because they were seven-inning games, and they were well-pitched. Last night's game went four hours and 15 minutes. And it started at 8.15 Eastern. Wow. So, suffice to say, I was not up for the conclusion of said game. However, you know, when we talk about sports having a problem, the philosophy that the Cubs and the Cardinals use for that matter, they want to make pitchers throw a lot of pitches. They're willing to take a lot of pitches and not chase a lot of stuff outside the zone. And if you're not throwing with control, and last night, both starters, Daniel Ponce de Leon for St. Louis and Hugh Darvish for the Cubs, had moments where their control was not great. And both teams wound up taking a lot of pitches. I think the Cubs saw over 200 pitches from Cardinal pitchers last night. Well, that's going to slow the game down quite a bit. Meanwhile, over on the south side, White Sox have been playing better. The bats are going again, and they're led by Tim Anderson, their all-star shortstop, who for the second straight night led off a game with a home run last night, gives that offense a spark, and the Sox beat the Tigers by a count of 10-4. to The Southsiders are now 13-11. They're still in third place in the American League Central, but if the season were stopped today and the playoffs were set up, the White Sox would be a wild-card team in the playoffs. If you go to bed before a Cubs game is over, is that the first score you check? Well, my wife is a night owl, and the last two nights when I have gone to bed, Mm -hmm. I have awakened in the morning. The first thing I check are my texts because just in case something were to happen to somebody in my family, that's that's the first place I look. Okay. And usually in my text, the last two nights, there's been a W flag. Oh, okay. So she has, I don't know if she stays up for the whole thing. The dog was acting nuts last night, so who knows when she checked it. 
Uh, but she's been up at least at some point in the night to tell me, here's the W flag. And there was also a box score texted to me nice. this morning. So oh, she's a sweetheart. She's the best. Um, but, yeah, if she weren't doing that, that's the first thing I check is the scores. And this morning, because I had that W flag, the next thing I did was check the Blackhawks score. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, football. Corey, <laughs> I, I, I think I said this the other day on the yak, but it's still true. I've been going to high school football practices. We're prepping for a game that we plan to air Friday night here on TV 46 between Bremen and LaVille. I have no inside information to say I should be scared, I should not be scared, whatever. I just know it's 2020. And until it's 6.59 and the ball is on the tee Friday night, I'm still worried that somebody is going to pull the rug out from under me. Right. And, you know, like Lucy pulling the ball away from Charlie Brown, that's the way I'll feel if the game doesn't go through. But right now, it looks like it's it's full steam ahead for high school football on Friday night, and quite frankly, I can't wait. For your game. <laughs> for well we have many different counties doing many different things. Exactly. So and and the whirlwind continued to spin after we recorded the act on Monday. I'll give you an example. Knox and Winnemac is a big rivalry in the southwest portion of our viewing area. Knox is in Stark County. Winnemac, where the game was to be played, is in Pulaski County. The Eastern Pulaski Health Board decided because there was a positive test at Winnemac High School that that game should not be played. So that sent Knox scrambling. Okay, who are we going to play? Fortunately for Knox, this kind of thing has been happening all over the state. And about an hour and a half away is a really good team called Southwood. They went 11-1 and last year, and they were looking for a game because they were supposed to play, I believe, McConaughey on opening night, and they had to cancel. So Knox will play Southwood at Knox on Friday night. Now imagine you're the Knox athletic director, Greg Eastock. First of all, you got to scramble around and find this game, which is not the first time Knox has had to do this this year. Their week two opponent was Rochester. Rochester banged football for the first two weeks of the year. So Knox went around and they found Marion. So that's week two for the Redskins, and we'll see them on TV 46 in a week. So you've already gone through this exercise. Now Winnemac cancels. So Monday, you're looking, you're looking. Oh, here's Southwood. They're not that far away. Let's play them. Okay, where are we going to play? We're going to play at our place. Okay. So now, if you're the athletic director, you got to get all the people around to work the game. You've got to get officials. You have to set some sort of ticket policy. And you have to put tickets out there. And the way it's being done this year for a lot of schools, and I think Knox is one of these, is... You don't put a ticket in somebody's hand because then those tickets transfer hands and the virus might transfer. So all the tickets are, a lot of the tickets are being done digitally this year. And so you got to go through that procedure. And yes, you probably were planning on doing that for your first home game, but your first home game wasn't supposed to be until week three, and now it's week one. 
and all of this stuff has to be done. You start scrambling for the opponent Monday night, and now it's all got to be done by Friday at 7 o'clock. Wow. So that's part of the scramble that's going on. Then you've got Laporte and New Prairie. They were supposed to play on Friday night. But if you're a regular listener to the Yak, you know that Laporte football had a COVID problem early in August. You have to have 10 practices to be able to play. The only way Laporte could get 10 practices in was to practice this Friday and play the game Saturday. So that's what they're going to do. Laporte and New Prairie will play Saturday night at Amsey Miller Field in New Prairie. And, of course, the Elkhart County schools are all sitting there saying, wait a minute, our positivity rate is less than Marion County. Marion County got the go-ahead to play, but we're not going to be able to play on opening night. And not only can they not play on opening night, it wasn't until this week that they got permission to actually have contact in practice. So they wonder... How far behind will we be when we play our Week 2 opponents? Elkhart playing Mishawaka, Northridge playing St. Joe, Northwood playing East Noble. How far behind will they be? We won't know until we see those games on August 28th. But as of right now, on this day, you've got a Friday night game scheduled at 7 o'clock. Yes, and I believe at LaVille... I think each team is getting 150 fans in the stands. It's between 100 and 150. Anything different about the broadcast that you're working on? Well, we're working on socially distant interviews Yeah, and how to do that. And um, there's a number of, of things that we are considering trying. And actually, after this recording, we'll, we'll talk about those things and kind of try to come to some decisions. So that look will be a little bit different. But actually, one of the things that we're kind of trying to do is bring you, I hate to say normalcy because in our world, I don't know what's normal anymore, but bring you something that you're used to seeing. So we don't want the focus to be on COVID or social. We want the focus to be on you get to watch football again. Might I suggest uh, something that I'm used to seeing that I actually like seeing? What's that? Oh, I don't know. You're the you're the professional. I'm just saying, if you're going to show me something I'm used to seeing, make sure it's something I actually want to see, too. Well, I mean, we, you're great at what you do, but don't give me something that's like, well, if you really need to show that. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> hopefully we, we think a lot of our broadcast is what you want to I see. I agree. I think you should put an earbud... Earpod in the player's ear and then mic them up in the camera far away and ask them the questions through your phone. No. No? No. Going to yell the questions at them? Um, I think from six feet away, based on my experience going out and getting these previews that we've been putting, you can hear people just fine from six feet away. And they will be questions, right? Oh, one can only hope. <laughs> okay. One can only hope. <laughs> What's week two? Week two, we've got Knox at Marion. Okay. Which is a game that wasn't originally on the schedule this year. You got to learn to pivot, Chuck Freebie. Oh, man. Our flexibility makes a yoga instructor jealous. 
We're on Twitter at Sports Yak. Chuck, you're on uh, Twitter as well. At 46 Sports. That's where all the action is. A high-quality tweet today from Chuck. Uh, memories from his very first Cubs game. That's a fun one. Thanks for posting that. Episode 129, if you really want to hear the story behind it. Yeah, it's, it's actually fascinating, uh, the price tag of food and just the whole day that unfolded. On a 12-2 win? 12-2 win for the Cubs. They belted seven homers that day. Fergie Jenkins, homers and goes the distance. Fergie Jenkins, by the way, is on Cameo. Oh, I believe that. <laughs> I believe that. Do you want to share? your? It's been a while since we've gone pop culture. You celebrated a birthday yesterday. Yes. And you got quite the birthday greeting. Yes, a friend of mine got me, uh, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with Cameo, celebrities of all kinds and price tags will do you a video greeting, and uh, the guy who's currently playing Chewbacca in all the Star Wars movies, his name is Junus. He's on Cameo. He made an appearance on my phone yesterday. Hello, Corey. It's Jonas Swarthmore here. Your good friend Chris Hauser wanted me to send you this video because it is your birthday. Happy birthday, man. I hear you are a cartoonist. You're working radio. How do you like that? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you can forgive me if you didn't. Um, may the force be with you. All the best. And... Cheers, man. That's something. That's a memorable 51. There you go. This is a memorable 230, right? 230? Memorable 230, and we sign it off, as always, by saying, Ooga-looga, Rob, dear. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. The Sports Yak Podcast with Chuck Freebie and Corey Mann. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit the archives for previous coach and athlete interviews. Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.